0: You're listening to the Careers BU podcast, the podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni, and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for, and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello, and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at Bournemouth University. In today's episode, I talk to BU graduate Molly Taylor. Molly is the co-founder of Four Acre Farm, a community interest company in Ringwood, Hampshire. In this episode, we explore how Molly discovered her passion for conservation, and along with her stepsister, turned that into a business idea, which brings together her love for nature, well-being and education. We also find out about her experience at the BU Eco Entrepreneurs Challenge, where she was awarded the second prize of £1,500. So welcome, Molly. Thank you for joining me today. Um, we met at the final pitch of the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund, didn't we? Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, then I found you were so enthusiastic and dedicated to conservation and your project. So it'll be really great to hear kind of your story today and a bit about your career journey. Um, so your, your, your company is a community interest company. What is that?
1: So um, it's it's kind of like a hybrid between a charity and a business. So it allows us to um, gain a profit. So we can we can earn a profit um, with some restrictions, uh, as long as this goes back into our local community and we benefit the community as well as growing a business. So it's kind of um, so we can apply for grants and bids and funding from um, external sources, but yeah also be able to be a business and and earn some money that
0: way lovely so it's, it's kind of a form of a social enterprise and it's a type of social enterprise I believe is it
1: yes yeah yeah I did have to look that up because I wasn't entirely sure obviously I'm not a business uh, background person but yes it is a type of social Lovely. Enterprise.
0: okay so so you you're the founder or co-founder with your friend Kate of Four Acre Farm so what is the Four Acre Farm it's an amalgamation of our two
1: backgrounds together um so we have um four acres obviously hence the name um one acre is a market garden so it's all grown um almost better than an organic so we don't use any um added chemicals no fertilizers nothing and we follow a no dig method so we just don't disturb the soil we try and grow fruit and veg as um close to nature as, as it would have been grown um, before, well, before humans fiddled with it too much. Um, and then we have an acre of an orchard. So everything's very, very young at the moment, but we've got um, tons of heritage fruit trees, um, loads, I could list them, but I don't think that's as important. Um, and then we've got two acres of wildflower meadow um, or more wild habitat. So we've had a few hiccups, which I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about later, but um that's there for wildlife so we're sort of mixing wildlife habitat with um growing healthy food for, for our local community lovely so the
0: objectives is to grow grow food for the community re kind of generate the land um bring it kind of back to nature and are you going to what what are they, will you be running other projects kind of within that as well
1: yeah so we've we've got like a few different things that um that we want to get involved with but yeah the the mission the mission um i guess in general is to provide that food and provide that habitat um and the habitat itself will go alongside education as well so um having local schools out having adults out to have course days um learning how to learning all about the food cycle learning how to cook as well some healthy meals Um, And also then learning about how people can benefit wildlife themselves or how what we're doing is benefiting wildlife and um, kind of using it as a model for other people to even just come learn and go away and maybe create themselves as well would be our absolute ultimate goal. Um, But we'll see. Yeah, we've 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 get new project ideas every five minutes, so we need to control ourselves sometimes. But yeah. Sounds amazing. So when did you start this? How many years ago? The idea came a few years ago, um, probably before, probably in like 2018, 2019. But we actually, um, you know, got the lease for our land and we were, you know, we were allowed on our land. It was officially our bit to to use um, last October. So only just over a year now. Um, So we've done a lot in a year. But um, yeah, just over a year. And is it
0: just you and Kate that run this or anyone else involved? I mean, officially it's it's me and
1: Kate, um, but we've had so much help from volunteers that it wouldn't be right to say it was just me and Kate. (laughs) We've had, um, yeah, like most of our, um, most of what we've been able to do has been because we've had so many people wanting to join in and willing to give time and plant trees and make beds and really hard work.
0: But yeah, we've been really grateful unlucky and where did the idea come from where at kind of at what point and how how did it come about so um it's well but you don't need my whole backstory
1: but me and Kate are sort of sort of stepsisters so her dad is my sort of stepdad um and we were just going for a walk she used to live in Cranbourne and we went for a walk one day just around where she was and she was telling me all about um because she was a private chef um and she was just telling me how Uh, most of her work was in London and and she just moved from London and she just wanted to get back into growing some food. And she just started working with this guy called Charles Dowding and helping him out on his farm. And he's like the no-dig guru, god, whatever people-I don't know. He he has a good following. (laughs) Um, and we just sort of melted our, our ideas together. So she wanted to grow this food and she wanted to have this. A space to do so and teach people and um yeah document what we're doing and I was like well I want to teach people about nature and I want to have an area that I can use as a teaching space and do things how I want to do them and not have to follow curriculums and, and things like that I want to also be able to open up these opportunities to all age ranges because um although I, I've worked in in, engagement in currently still do engagement uh, roles in conservation a lot of the stuff you know you have to follow the funding you just have to there's there is no money in conservation and a lot of the funding comes from kids and and uh, like forest schools and and bringing um schools into to visit your sites we wanted to open this up um and have you know obviously paid for sessions and you can charge, you know, a good amount for some of these sessions as well. Like we, we've also, we've seen them advertised and we've been on some ourselves. But using some of that profit to then open that up to people who wouldn't have had that opportunity, maybe wouldn't even think about it. Um, You know, local charities, uh, for example, you know, like women's abuse charities and things like that. Sort of saying, well, why don't you come and do something for a little bit? And yeah, for my previous roles, I'm very intermingled with uh, well-being and nature and, and all that so um it's kind of like they kind of married up quite quite well because um food growing has well it's especially we say recently but but recently has been um very detrimental to nature but it doesn't have to be and this is kind of a way that is a sustainable you know business model we could make money and we can kind of, as a CIC, we can decide, well, that portion can go to the charitable arm and that can go to, you know, paying us for our time and, and also maybe going back into the business. We've got that nice balance that we can, we can do those two
0: things. So tell me a bit about your career journey to date, because you are a BU alum as well. So, you know, what did you study? Kind of what was your experience as well, your work experience or your, your background? So
1: originally I went to Kingston which is like a land-based college where I did animal management. So I was, you know, focused on working with animals, being out there with animals, which led me to getting a few jobs and finding out that I really disliked being just, um, you know, told what to do all, all day um, with, you know, uh, not the nicest tone of voice in most of, most of the jobs, especially I, I was horse-based and horses is a... you either get the nicest people in the world or 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 not um so that's when I decided to go to uni and um I studied animal behavior at Manchester Metropolitan University and I was still on that sort of I'm going to be an animal behaviorist I'm going to work and do training and that sort of thing but then during that course I realized I had some ecology units and I was like oh actually that's that feels I want to do that that's where I want to go and well I, I, I guess a lot of students feel this way but I thought oh, I just I've got a degree now it's fine I can get a job which wasn't true because at, at that uni we didn't have to do a placement or anything so although I had some experience from my jobs it, it wasn't it wasn't ecology experience it was animal hands-on stuff so I sort of came back home and I was like oh I had to live back at home again I was like can't get a job and what I want um you know almost debating do I just go back to my old job at Waitrose and then um I thought no let's let's do a master's let's give myself one that redirection into um sort of a, a title that is more ecology based and also th- that will give me the the time and the course itself had a mandatory placement offer so I thought you know I can partner I can volunteer most of my the rest of my time around my studies and I have to do the official placement as part of it obviously um I went I went off to BU and I had a little look at what we had and it it was like fate I was like okay biodiversity conservation perfect that's exactly what I want to do um you know went in for the open days and stuff and I was like yeah okay let's let's go let's I, I was on this like mission of saying yes to a lot of stuff so I was like okay I'm just gonna do it not gonna don't overthink it and yeah I had a really great year I met loads of um, nice people not just the you know my other fellow students on the course and with a master's you do get a really good mix of a background as well people come from all different walks of life you know they're looking for a new job or you know a new career path or like me they've kind of finished union uh looking for that next step so yeah so and, and also the lecturers as well because um I've. I still. I still bug the lecturers now in in all my roles and stuff, um, saying, "Oh, oh, what about this? What about this? Could you come along with this?" So yeah. Um, and then alongside that, I just started on on a whim volunteering at Hengistbury Head because being from the local area, that's kind of like the nature reserve that pops into people's heads on the beach. You know, nice. I thought oh, that'd be a nice place to go. And um, yeah, I basically never left. Um, <laughs> I did my placement there as well. I did my dissertation there um, and I managed to get a paid placement while I was there. So um, this was through some funding. This was all sort of based upon my, um, I started to run some nature focused bereavement sessions, which was also what I did my dissertation on. So I kind of, I, I was, I, I cheated really. I cheated, junior, I cheated my master's. I was like, I can get paid. And I. Can. <laughs> it wasn't much, mind you. It was a hundred pound a week. But um, I, I found some funding, which um, was actually really interesting. It's from um, the ICCM, which is the Institute of Cemetery and Crematorium Management. So this is something I learned is that when people are cremated, if they have any um new you know uh, new body part if they'd had like a hip replacement knee replacement the metal in that gets melted down and put into a pot to give back to charitable um organizations so but related to bereavement so that's where I got some money to fund my placement um and therefore my dissertation while I did it um yeah there's weird pots of money you can always find money somewhere that's related to what you're doing but yeah that was yeah you have to
0: do a bit research exactly
1: (laughs) that was the weirdest one for me um and yeah so that then led on to further funding for um an actual role which I then had to interview for you don't get anything for free in in this life you don't just get given roles um so I got I think it was about four no 14,000 or 17,000 um mainly from the national lottery and that funded a six-month full-time role um and that meant that i could carry on doing my nature focus bereavement groups and still work at Hengistbury and do ranger stuff it was perfect and then um i took on our leave any footprints engagement coordinator left and i took on that role and then now I'm doing Dorset Dog stuff for Hangers Head. so yeah, it's been um a long journey. Um, and that contract ends in June, and then I'm I'm going to the farm. Ooh,
0: <laughs> I'm I'm diving in head first. So uh, yeah. So at the moment, have you been you've been doing the on the farm alongside your full time ro- roles? Yes. So yes. it's been a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it, and it sounds like your your kind of background with your work is you really really been proactive in finding the right type of role for you in terms of conservation and it sounds like you have to do quite a lot of work in terms of if you want to find funding or you know volunteering as well is really really important in the conservation field to get those jobs
1: unfortunately yes uh yeah so um funding is just non-existent in conservation so most people have to volunteer which is is wrong we don't we don't like it but unfortunately we're still at that at that place and it's 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 necessary for most of the jobs i mean um you know and so is a degree nowadays it's like i think it's the same for most jobs because it's not that possibly the degree is 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 the necessary part of it but you need it because everybody else has them and you need to have the relevant ones and you need to show that you've got some of the book learning against the physical stuff, but, but, you know, you really need to sort of give up a lot of your time Mm -hmm. to get some of that experience, Mm -hmm. um, hands on.
0: So, and then with the, obviously you said at the beginning, you're not really a business kind of person. So how do you find the practicalities of actually starting the business, you know, the business side of the farm, obviously you're, you know, experienced in the kind of the growing and the practical side of it, but the actual business side of it, how, how did, did you learn as you went along? What what did you do to kind of prepare for that?
1: Yeah, so yeah, we absolutely are learning as we go along. Um, luckily, Kate has she's got some experience with. She was sort of self employed as as a chef, so she knows certain things. But obviously, that wasn't the CIC. Um, so yeah, so we had this guy um, help us fill in the paperwork, especially for the CIC, because there's quite a few things you've got to sort of set up before. Um, they allow you to say you're a CIC, they need to make sure obviously that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. Um, yeah, but the rest of it, we have kind of, we, we are winging it. We're still winging it as as we go along. We just have to make sure obviously that we don't do anything that will get us in trouble or, or do anything wrong. And luckily we've got, you know, a really good support. Again, we've even had volunteers offering up help with that side of things as well. Um, you know just saying well if you need a, a hand or if you want me to look at the books or just things like that just to make sure we're on the right track and we're doing the right sorts of things so yeah we've, we've been really grateful for all, all of our volunteers including those that haven't been able to you know pick up a spade it's, it's even the ones that have been behind the scenes going okay maybe that's not the greatest idea or have you thought about doing it this way or, or that sort
0: of thing so brilliant brilliant and did you get any financial support to get you started with your business
1: um so our first sort of influx well mainly came from me from me and kate but um we started up a crowdfunder for um most of our stuff that we we had uh we had like a, a polytunnel we wanted which was about three grand um so we put up um we put up our crowdfunding and we got 10,000 pounds so that was good and for some reason it's it's still open I, I wasn't I'm, I obviously didn't know exactly what I was doing when I set it up but people can still donate so we still kind of get like random trickles in um, which can go into our pot of offering veg boxes to you know families that need it or putting aside for some educational visits when when we can offer those better and stuff like that so um none of it none of it's going to to waste but yeah we bought uh all of our seeds for the wild flammer which were quite expensive um all the bits for our pond which unfortunately our pond did not do well in the drought which was really sad because um yeah we're kind of having to start almost all over again with that um and mainly our polytunnel and some of the veg seeds to you know really kick us off because basically we started in october but we didn't really do anything on the farm until about december time um end of november Mm -hmm. december and then you know you have to start growing by (laughs) things have to start going in the ground february march time so it's like oh we were really you know pushing it pushing it pushing it and um
0: yeah luckily that crowdfunder gave us that boost just to get us started. Excellent and you were a contestant in the 2022 Bournemouth University Eco Entrepreneurs Fund. Yes. I was. So and you were a runner-up for that so you know that was amazing and you were awarded £1,500. Um, so can you tell me a bit more about that that experience? So you were doing that as a graduate weren't you? Yes.
1: So it was open to current students and um, graduates up to three years. So I was like, "Ooh, I've just I've just um, met met the criteria there. And it it was kind of perfect. I just saw it. I think I saw it advertised on um, BU's LinkedIn or so, somewhere like that. It was it was definitely something to do with um, BU's ad- advertisement somewhere. And I just kind of read through the brief because obviously I was looking for funding here, there and everywhere, anywhere I could we could get it at that point. And um, I just thought oh that's that's perfect let's let's give it a go so it was um an application form but application forms are relatively similar for uh grant bids and things like that so it's just kind of explain what your idea is um this was slightly different because it was sort of an entrepreneur fund so they wanted to know a bit more about the business rather than what are you doing with the money sort of thing and I sort of submitted it and I went okay you know let's let's hope fingers crossed, and then. know we got shortlisted so like okay perfect so we had a chat with a couple of the people on uh, that were um helping out with it or organizing it it kind of gave us a chance well me a chance to sort of false pitch it i guess in a way it was you know what are we going to talk about what do they think we should be talking you know what should i be um highlighting about it and then, yeah, we were invited to to a full day of pitches at the uh, at the uni in a building I'd never been in because it was the business side. <laughs> it was in town. and it was a really fun day. I, f- I met loads of really interesting people um and we kind of did like a dragon's Den style pitch, which was quite nerve-wracking for me. you know, usually I'm like, okay, all on the computer, you send off the application and you wait for the results. And yeah, so, Uh, we came I came second and I was uh yeah I was really happy I couldn't believe it and it wasn't just that it was you know meeting everyone that was there as well you don't often get the chance to do that a farming sort of business it's not really the business world and yeah so it was it was a nice day it was a really fun day and there was tea and coffee and lunch so who can moan
0: excellent so it's really worth kind of having a look at that if uh for potential students and graduates who might be interested in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was a really wide range of ideas as well. So it's kind of like if you've got an idea, you might as well just go for it because it'll, yeah, it it could work out well. And I think everybody walked away with something, didn't they?
0: Yeah. So yeah, you yeah, they're kind of different amounts for whether it's first, second, and then I think everyone kind of well, the run. I guess you were second, and then the runners up from that were also awarded some money, weren't they? yeah,
1: I think um, Santander put a bit extra in and so did the uni to sort of, yeah, make it worth, and that made it very worthwhile for everybody. So, yeah, it was a great day.
0: (laughs) So so what challenges have you faced building this community interest company um, and how have you overcome them? It's
1: been quite a few different hurdles as they've come along. Luckily, they've kind of waited to take turns and not all come at once. Um, So I'd say originally setting it up, it was quite tricky because we had, you know, there was so much paperwork to follow and, you know, like I I said, luckily we did have some input from from people that did know what was going on, but we needed to provide so much and we didn't really, you know, both of us were working as much as we could to get this off the ground. So it's really quite difficult. And so I said that was probably our first hurdle, but you know, we we stuck in and, and we did it and and it was all fine in the end. It all got, you know there was a few passings back of all what about this? What about this? And setting up bank accounts and stuff. It's just, just took so much longer than you think, Um, especially for a business and a CIC, because you've got to provide all this evidence, even to the banks and stuff. And then, yeah, some of our main challenges have come from mother nature herself. (laughs) So we've had, uh, we had a really wet winter. Um, We, um, there'll be a core memory in there of both me and Kate on our own with my dog planting trees with the wind and the rain, just absolutely hammering us. And we were just digging these holes. We were just like, please, no more trees to dig. And Aww. we were both absolutely soaked. Um, but you know, we did get there. We, we With the help of loads of volunteers, we planted over 4,500 trees on that land, which would have had nothing before. Um, and then, you know, money's always gonna be a bit tricky at the beginning, especially for the first year of any business. And we were trying to find, you know, where can we get the funding to give us uh, to give us stuff to start off with. So we need, um, you know, a a pack and store area for the veg and we needed um, a potting shed and we needed these compost bays. And there was just always something that we needed to build or we needed money for that we, we couldn't afford to do it out of our own pockets. so it was just kind of trying to find the best ways to go about that and then the drought hit so then we had a completely opposite op- uh, problem and you know we had to use luckily we do have mains water but that's a water bill that we didn't want to use it's also not as eco as we wanted to be we wanted to already have our water storage options but yet again they cost money and they you know we need people to We need buildings to have um, water to siphon off of. So it's kind of like you end up being like, oh, that's that problem again. And we do have a well on site, but it was we were struggling to get people to come out and look at it, to test it for us. And then if it is fine, you need a pump. And that's, again, money. So it's kind of like it's the same issues, but yeah, in different in different ways. But, you know, that worked out for us. We we managed it. We did produce food and yes the pond suffered and yes the meadows suffered but we managed to feed and water those trees we managed to feed and water all the food to do the veg boxes and um it, it, we we managed it just about and you know now we're sort of moving into winter again and there's still there's always going to be challenges i think but it's just kind of like look tackling them head on and being like okay let's actually logically think about what we need and how we can do it and you know just uh, like I said I'm gonna end my contract ends in June so I'm gonna be there all the time and that's when I really want to kick off with the education stuff so we've just managed to secure 10,000 from the national lottery to build our like community hub and our outdoor kitchen because that will really step up our game in terms of offering not only our money making side of things so offering course days with food attached is gonna you know really push our um worth up but also that means we could offer a full day to a charity and say look bring a couple people down we'll do a bit of planting we'll do a bit of gardening then we can have lunch and cook lunch together and then we can do like some bird watching or something in the afternoon so it's like the full cycle so that outdoor kitchen and community space is going to really really level up what we can offer. So
0: yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> Amazing. And do you have any advice for anyone who wants to start a project or like a business like yours like a social enterprise or community interest company? What what advice would you i guess it
1: it completely depends upon upon that person you know upon their ideas but um i did find that going for things and and just trying it out and even if you're uncomfortable or you think oh that's way out of our league or whatever just going for it and giving it a go and then and then seeing what happens because you know at the end of the day if it doesn't work out it's fine you know there's always another there's always another option to follow but if you didn't try then he didn't go for it so you can't say that um yeah you're not you're not worthy of it because you didn't you didn't even try so that's what we're doing we're just trying everything and putting you know sometimes it doesn't work out and it hasn't worked out for us sometimes but that's fine you just say okay that's that that didn't work let's try something else
0: I think that's really good advice sometimes you've just got to do it haven't you you just get up get on with it yeah take those risks if it doesn't work out you've learned you move on, you keep, you know, you keep trying, yeah. keep going. I mean, yeah. obviously
1: don't, you know, get yourselves into debt or, or go through no. things that, <laughs> that would, you know, detriment to yourself or, or, or your business. But if you think it's just a bit risky, not risky, but if it's just a bit out of your comfort zone, it's just mm. worth doing. You know, Dragon's Den was definitely out of my comfort zone. Oh, I'll be uh, eco-entrepreneurs. But, and I, you know, I was almost debating. I was like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? I was like, do you know what? Do it. what's the worst that can happen
0: like nothing
1: no excellent
0: and you did so well you did so well in it yeah
1: and we you know that that money got us um a nice outdoor yurt uh, yeah an outdoor um bell tent so we had spaces to go especially in the heat this summer we had somewhere to go and it'll offer a portable space on our site to do some education stuff as well so yeah it was
0: Brilliant. it was great and some books loads of books amazing amazing okay that's brilliant and just one last thing if it does do you still take on volunteers if anyone is listening to this and they're like i really want to get involved in the four acre farm can they do that
1: yeah absolutely so um yeah we have a website um and an instagram and also facebook as well um and those you know we we respond to messages on any of those so if anyone does want to they're the probably the best ways to get hold of us um but also, you know, you can always pop down and just have a look as well and um, see what we're up to. It definitely looks a hundred percent nicer now than it did before, as it's old maize fields. And we were thinking, oh, how is this ever going to look nice and be full of wildlife? But
0: now it's it's really getting there. So uh, yeah, it's worth a worth a look. Brilliant, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for talking to us today. Um, it's been really interesting just hearing your story and hearing about the project and the farm. Um, somewhere that I really want to come and visit as well at some point. So it sounds really great.
1: No, thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely come down and visit.
0: It's it's worth a look. If you are a BU student or recent graduate and feel you have a business idea which could help address the climate and ecological crisis, Bournemouth University will be opening its next round of the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund in January 2023. Please keep an eye out on the Bournemouth Uni website or social media pages of All My Career Hub. Thank you for listening.